You're listening to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. The purpose for which God sets us free is yes, so we can enjoy our life. It's so yes, we can build our families. It's so yes, we can build our business, save money, stay out of jail, have a great life. But the ultimate purpose is so that the message of Jesus can go throughout our life to other people. You might be free, but the world you live in today is still in bondage. I was reading yesterday and today through my devotional, uh, Mark chapter 5, and there's a story about a demon-possessed man that all of us know that story. Having been in Israel last, last year? We were in Israel? Two years ago. So, uh, having been in Israel some time ago, <laughs> I was there. I was at the Sea of Galilee and uh, I'm telling you, they told me right away, when you go to Israel, you will be surprised how small the Bible is. <laughs> Everything goes a lot smaller there. Right, Kelly? Sea of Galilee doesn't seem like Pacific Ocean. <laughs> when I read, I think of Sea of Galilee as like this endless, you just never see the, the shore. It's kind of like Columbia River. It's like just, you could see, it's very small. And then I'm reading, I'm like, no wonder Jesus accused disciples of being cowards. I'm like they were they were thinking you know we're gonna die I'm like there's no way you can die in that thing you can swim out of it but the waves were so big in that small sea because these waves were caused I believe by demons I believe the devil knew that Jesus is about to deliver a man who was demon possessed and he caused the waves that were not natural that scared the disciples and Jesus wakes up he rebukes the waves he stopped the storm and then he goes to the other side and this was a gentile area so this was not a jewish people area and there was these 10 little cities or little villages that were there and this man it's a very highlighted story in the bible because he was so demon possessed he had six thousand demons a legion a lot of demons i don't know how they all fit inside of that man but they did and these demons they led this man because one of the first marks of demonic oppression in someone's life is self-destructive behavior he was hurting himself the bible says he was taking things and cutting this was the first mutilation self-mutilation he was cutting his veins he was cutting himself and we know also is he had a hard time he had a supernatural power he was ripping chains off he was taking off his clothes running around naked and it would almost seem like somebody who had a schizophrenia or somebody who has a mental disorder but in this case it was actually demonic possession demonic possession you have to understand is that there's few levels of this demonic possession first is it starts with obsession leads to oppression and then becomes possession a lot of people they don't realize but the first demonic attack on your life is your obsession whatever you're obsessed with today you will become oppressed with tomorrow and whatever you're oppressed by tomorrow it's a matter of time the devil will get you hooked on that you'll be possessed by that thing that thing will own you and something happened to this man we don't know how he got hooked on that stuff we know one thing is that when Jesus came nearby he saw his chance to be free and he didn't wait for Jesus to come to him he pushed through the thousands of demons he went to Jesus and he honestly he fell down and then demons started to manifest then demons took over and they started to scream and yell and thanks be to God Jesus delivered that man the way he delivered Brian the way he delivered some of you maybe you didn't have 6,000 demons but maybe you had 6,000 issues maybe you had 6,000 sins maybe you had some other stuff but to God be the glory that Jesus still comes into our world overcoming the storm and everything and when he comes and we run to him he sets us free if you've been set free, give God a praise right now. If God has done something nobody else can do in your life, I want you to give God some praise right now. If Brian is not the only one in this room that Jesus has raised them back to life, give God some praise right now. Maybe you couldn't do it on your own. Maybe you've tried everything that the doctors told you to do. Like this man, he've tried so many different things. But when the man from Nazareth came, 
the demons couldn't stand in his presence and demons can't stand in his presence today and this is that place where this man in the power of the Holy Spirit Jesus Christ is in our midst today which means the bondages of many years the chains of many decades generational things they bow at his name they bow at his feet can somebody say amen and the demons they begged this Jesus they said don't drive us out of the country we know that you're gonna drive us out of this man we do not want to leave the region we want to stay in the region we want to dominate the region and Jesus for some reason unknown to us he permitted he permitted the demons to stay within that region he allowed them to do that and there's a word that says he permitted them because there's God's permissible will and there is God's perfect will permissible will is what happens in this world God's perfect will is what God wants to be accomplished on this earth not everything that happens in this world is God's perfect will and I'm going to tell you why because when after that Jesus gets asked by the people there leave this region Jesus leaves that's his permissible will he's not going to force himself on anyone but when that freed man came to Jesus and says Jesus I beg you take me with you on your gospel campaign Jesus looked at that man and he says I can't and now we see God's perfect will he says I want you to go back home and tell everyone of what God has done this man without a Bible degree without Bible education this man without a lot of church experience he just recently experienced a drastic and dramatic encounter with God he's going back to the city that is now battling the demons he used to have and Jesus sends him on his own no support system no mentors he sends him with the Holy Spirit and this man's testimony begins to now impact the region and the scripture says he didn't just go home he went to the cities there and started declaring all that he knew I was naked I was mentally not all there I broke chains I lived in a graveyard people tried to restrain me but there is this man that came through the Sea of Galilee his name is Jesus when I met him all the thousands of demons were left my mind was restored I'm clothed I am a new man and I can tell you one thing because these demons were in that region they were affecting people their testimony started to create a spiritual climate change I believe that your testimony changes your region I believe that your testimony changes the climate in our city because see there are demons they are launched in our city there are demons that are region over the region they'll say I'll leave you and you but I don't want to leave Tri-Cities I want to cohabitate here and God sends us back to the city and God says now that I set you free don't be silent you might not have a pastoral gift you might not have a gift of evangelists but when you have a testimony you have a weapon you have a tool for a climate change in your region come on somebody it might not seem like anything to you but it does something in the spiritual world we are delivered we are set free so that we can be used by God to impact the spiritual climate and the physical climate of the cities we are living in this city God is concerned for our city from the beginning God punished cities with wrath Jesus wept over the city and the scripture says the Spirit of God is upon you and Jesus says you will be witnesses to me he didn't say in, in just to individual pockets of people he says in Jerusalem in Judea and in Samaria let me paraphrase it in Pasco, Richland and Kenwick and to the rest of the world when the Holy Spirit comes upon us as Christians it is not only so we stay in a church aquarium it is so that through us yes as weak as we are with the testimony that you and I have that experience the power of Jesus the power of God's restoration the power of God's love don't limit it to just you today through social media through day today through the means that we have God says I will use you 
to impact Pasco, Richland and Kennewick and also through YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat and Twitter, the rest of the world. Come on somebody. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. We have a prayer today for a prayer line and I would like to title this message loosed to be used you are loosed to be used amen I love when God uses us I hate when people use us you feel so empty afterwards but God when God uses you you feel so good afterwards you feel refreshed we just came from Arizona and we saw people healed one youth pastor's wife was trying to get baptized in the Holy Spirit was speaking in tongues for 30 years and that night she got baptized in the Holy Spirit I have I have never seen that many people get baptized in that short time and the, the power of God is just people were vibrating falling yelling and everything I love it's Pentecostal you know so you're standing there like man the more messy chaotic it gets like yes Lord <clears throat> I, I don't like quiet it reminds me of seminary cemeteries I'm sorry not seminaries I wasn't there yet so I don't know but it it's it, like when you see in the hospitals there's birth and babies is life when there's life it's loud football is loud hospitals or babies are loud and we've seen about like 30 something people that were healed and um and when God uses you it's so beautiful it's so beautiful you're not like a napkin where he uses you he disregards you he uses you it replenishes you it restores you you feel built up people feel challenged and stretched and we had an incident there when I was there where um un unknown to me a young actually an older lady uh, she probably was about to be retired and she wanted to leave her job and join full-time ministry she was a youth leader and the Lord prompted her he wanted her to do that but she was afraid to do that so she gave a challenge to God on the last night of the camp she said that if the preacher is going to preach exactly the same message I preached to my youth and he will mention my name it's a sign from God to leave to leave her job and go into ministry and so I'm preaching a message it's a similar message that she's been telling to her young people and then there comes a part in the message where <clears throat> I call somebody up and I ask them for their name and the girl said her name is Maricela and I mispronounce it by saying because the lady's name is Marilou so Maricela she tells her name I think that's her name was Maricela or something with them and so I didn't say Maricela I mistakenly for Mary Lou because I know Mary Lou from our church so I call her Mary Lou so the crowd corrects me and I call her Mary Lou again and I call her Mary Lou again and so it's like on purpose I, I completely messed up her name and so she sat down everything was fine and then at the next morning lady comes in and shakes my hand and she's crying she says you have no idea God used you to to confirm my calling and she says you mistaken the lady's name and she said you had no idea why you did that. I was like well I know it's just my English <laughs> she says God used your mistaken name to confirm my calling <laughs> she said my name is Mary Lou and I said if God if he the preacher will call my name in a sermon it's a sign I have to leave my job I'm like it sucks to be you now <laughs> but God bless you <laughs> you are loosed to be used to touch other people's lives can somebody say amen we're going to look at Matthew chapter 21 verse 10 and verse 11 I'm going to read the end of this story about a donkey that you probably have heard of and when he had come into Jerusalem all of the city somebody say all of the city well somebody say all of Pasco somebody say all of Richland all of Kenwick was moved somebody say moved many things shifted saying who is this verse 11 so the multitude said 
This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. The beginning of the story in Matthew chapter 21, it tells us about Jesus wanting to go to Jerusalem and he needed a ride. Didn't have an account with Lyft or Uber. So what he did is he sent two disciples and said, I want you to go to the village opposite of you and you will find a donkey. If you're reading a King James Version, it doesn't use a nice word there. Use another word, which I will refrain from saying. Donkey. He says, and when you find this donkey, he says, I want you to loose that donkey and bring that donkey to me. Today, I want to, please, I apologize to you right away, compare you to a donkey. Like this donkey, it had a prophecy about it way before this donkey was born. I believe that you were born on purpose. Maybe your mama and daddy didn't plan you. Maybe you came as an accident only to them, not to God. Your birth was planned. Your birth was wanted. Your birth was expected. God anticipated you. He designed every single day of your life. He used your parents to bring you here, but He is the author and the finisher of your faith. Can somebody say amen? Maybe you never met your biological parents. I can tell you one thing that God only used them to bring you here. Maybe you never received enough love from them and you're maybe going through something very difficult today. Your parents love is just an appetizer and God's love is the main meal. God wants your parents to introduce you to Him so that you can discover that God is all really that you need. He will never let your parents love you so much and care for you so much that you don't need God. And some of your parents, they're like Olive Garden appetizer. Bottomless, bottomless salad. And some of you, some of your parents is like a sushi restaurant appetizer. Four leaves sprinkled with some soy sauce or some sauce. You're looking at that and it just doesn't fill you up. You don't break the plate. You don't curse the restaurant. You just wait for the main meal. If your mama and daddy didn't love you, if they were not there for you, listen, it's just a Japanese appetizer. The real meal is God the Father, your Father who loves you, who is enough, who will never leave you, never forsake you. Come on somebody, give him some praise right now. And if you're one of those people who your parents loved you with unlimited breadsticks, we are jealous of you. <laughs> Come on somebody. Just make sure you don't eat all of those breadsticks that you don't stay for the meal. God's love is all that you need and it's sufficient. If your mama and your daddy, maybe your husband, you don't feel that from them, it doesn't mean that they're bad. Sometimes that's all they got. A donkey had a purpose. So do you and so do I. But what we find this donkey is the fact that the donkey was bound. Before God could use it, it was chained up. And maybe you find yourself in the same place today. You know that you have a purpose, but you're chained up. It's interesting, I think, that the donkey was chained up. Because I sincerely believe the devil binds people God plans to use. See, we think it's because they're so bad. Perhaps they're so good. Perhaps devil knows something about their future they don't even know. You know, in the game of football, when you get the ball, everybody attacks you. You don't have the ball, everybody's off of your back. When you get the ball, somehow the enemy is there to squeeze life out of you. So when the call of God comes in, you'll be too deaf, too messed up to respond to it. You know, when I recall my, my past in my teen years 
being with the chronic insecurity with the addictions few addictions and this and that and all of that was actually Satan's attempt to hold me back because I think the devil knew from the beginning that God had a plan for my life I didn't know God had a plan for my life but he did and sometimes if you don't believe that God has a plan for you the fact that the enemy is so messed up crazy about you you if you're nobody he wouldn't be binding and attacking you just like that I think he knows something is fishy about you something is crazy about you there's something that's gonna happen to you in your future and that's why he wants to stop it before you get born you may look like a kid but inside of you is a king. Herod didn't go killing babies just because. It's because he wanted to kill the babies because he knew there was a baby that's coming. One baby. That's going to make a difference. I believe that you have a purpose. I, I believe that you have a destiny. And Satan attacking some of your things that you went through. And some of the things that some of you here right now are fighting. And you're simply, your whole goal is that I just want to get out of it. But I want to tell you that there is a conspiracy that's been developed against you. And you're saying, and the world tells you, it's because you're weak. That's why you're bound. Perhaps, in fact, maybe, just maybe. Perhaps Satan has looked into the calendar and saw something you don't see. You remember how many deliverances that we saw here even in our church and the demon said exactly the same thing I saw his star that's why I'm attacking them or they're gonna be great that's why I'm binding them see you think you just went through divorce you think you're just struggling with what you're struggling perhaps it's the Satan's last attempt to ruin God's plan for your future but if the donkey got loosed, so will you. Come on somebody. If God loved the donkey, He loves me. He loves you. Can somebody say amen? Come on, touch your neighbor and say, you're going to be loosed. That rope is not going to choke you to death. You're going to be free in Jesus' name. I know you tried. I know you've done everything you can. But God says, for the freedom He set us free. You're not gonna die by that rope. Satan will be hanged by that rope, but you will be loose so you can be used by God. Somebody say amen. When this donkey was loosed, somebody say loosed. Come on, touch yourself, say I am loosed. Jesus have mercy. When the donkey was loosed by the disciples, I want you to see the disciples did not let the donkey um, go free. The second part after deliverance is discipleship. Deliverance has to lead to discipleship because deliverance is God getting the devil out. Discipleship is God keeping the devil out. Deliverance is God working for me. Discipleship is God working in me. It's so important to recognize that if your deliverance does not lead to discipleship, your deliverance actually makes you a target. I've seen this happen with uh, my brother's dog last year. He had this German Shepherd named April. And April was, was she, she had a lot of energy. And when we would take April and open the gate in our yard, April gave her, we gave her freedom, what she wanted. She really wanted freedom. She saw all other dogs and she ran like a bullet. She didn't pay attention to the traffic. There were cars driving on Sylvester. Runs through the traffic. Cars are honking and stopping. And she only is concerned about one thing. Going seeing other dogs. And I looked at that. And I felt like Holy Spirit said, Vlad, this is what you think freedom is. It's to doing what you want. Thanks be to God for the good drivers of the city of Pasco. But when you do that with your freedom, by Bible calls it indulging in the flesh and you run to do what you want, you actually become target. That's why disciples did not loose the donkey and say, hey donkey, go meet other donkeys and make donklets. <laughs> now it's a time to go into the barn and hang out there. 
go get your singles Christian single ready to mingle.com account and, and get your life going because you are free. Go build a business, get a degree. No disciples took the donkey and they said, You are free now, but you're walking with us. You're walking with us. We're gonna bring you to Jesus. No, 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 no. We're not gonna just bring you to build you a better life. We're gonna bring you to Jesus because there is a purpose for your life. See, sometimes when we get freed, but we don't surround ourselves with right people on our left and on our right. Next thing that happens is that we end up under a wheel of a car. I've seen this firsthand in many cases in our church where young people get freed from drugs or other things and they are too impatient to reach their destiny and they don't realize they're not ready yet for their destiny before there is Jesus riding you into Jerusalem there is a period of disciples walking beside you for a short period where certain habits get developed where certain characteristics get developed this is where the home groups and mentors and brothers and sisters in Christ new surrounding and new kind of environment is so crucial you can't grow bananas in Alaska. Why? Because of environment. God has a potential and a calling in your life. But if your environment is wrong, even after you've been delivered, it will suffocate everything you got inside of you. I remember a young man who got saved in our church, drastically and dramatically saved. And Pastor Ilya was discipling him. And within a few months of his conversion, his mama was in Seattle and she was doing, her profession involved things not very good. Bad, really bad. And Ilya advised him, I was there. This young man got so on fire for God. He says, I will go to Seattle to see my mom for holiday so I can witness to her for Christ. And we were telling him, don't go, you're not ready yet. He says, no, you don't understand. I love my mom. I need to win her to Christ. We said the problem is that your mom is involved in drugs. Your whole family does that. By coming close to that, you're too vulnerable. And he says, no, I don't need your guys' advice. You don't have a passion and love for the lost as I do. And he went. And that's where he slipped. He never recovered from that fall. He's dead now. Because he did so much drugs after that that he went mental. You saw his story in the news. He was walking naked right here in the park. They locked him up in the hospital. Then they moved him to jail. The hospital forgot to send the medical problem and he had a epileptic seizures in jail and he beat his brains into the concrete and we were there at his funeral. Your tribe affects your vibe. You surround yourself with good crowd. After you got freed, it changes your life. Before you go to your destiny, God wants you to go through discipleship. And so I give you just practical three steps on discipleship. One is disable toxic relationships around you. I was reading this morning where Jesus went into the house of Jairus and Bible says that as he walks in now Jesus is God he could he's independent he doesn't need people but as he walks in the power of resurrection was being quenched because people were laughing at Jesus and Jesus didn't say I'm gonna prove you wrong he says everybody get out it's exactly Bible says he sternly said get out Jesus you're so not nice See, some of us, we are too nice to toxic people. They're living rent-free in our life. And you got to be disabled. I'm not saying you beat them. I'm not saying you hurt them. You just remove it completely. The way sailors did with Jonah. Bloop. And the storm stopped. A lot of drama in our life will stop if toxic people will be shown the exit. If you don't believe me, remember it was Judas who put Jesus on the cross. Toxic people close to you will crucify your destiny. Are you with me? The second part about discipleship, not only we have to disable toxic people and today we are very blessed to have features on our phones that allow us to block people. We are so blessed to have features on our social media to block people. If you don't use that, try it there's deliverance and freedom in that 
but the second part that I want you to see in discipleship is not only we disable but we distance ourselves from those people who are deeper in sin than we are in God now I'm speaking to people who are walking through the process of freedom I'm speaking to people who want to grow in Christ you may say but Vlad God says for us not to leave the world it's true but if you are struggling with alcohol and God delivered you from alcohol there are people in your life who are way more, com more committed to Jack Daniels than you are to Jesus Christ right now and I'm not to guilt trip you I'm just saying for a time and a season until your roots grow deeper in Jesus than their roots go in tequila create a distance why because if you surround yourself with them whoever is deeper pulls the other for those of you who say but I've been influencing them in the last 12 months whose music they listen your music or you listen to their music in the last 12 months how many times they've came to hungry generation versus you came to their parties be honest with yourself they are way deeper in their stuff than you are in Christ that's why you gotta get deeper but to create deep depth with you create a little distance between people who are deep in their stuff God in you is great he is way bigger than the sin it's not the God that's the problem it's my depth in this God sin is way weaker but some people are so sold out to sin that they have an influence over us in the areas we were been delivered from that's why I believe Joseph didn't try to pray for Potiphar's wife he knew she was so messed up I tried to witness to her both of us are going to hell <laughs> he's like girl I'm running from you why I gotta create a distance why because you can't witness to those things you're tempted by Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go evangelizing in the club <laughs> you still got your membership there honey <laughs> let's, let's, let's leave let's leave that we disable we distance and then there's one more we draw closer to people who are deeper in the Lord than we are because if you only run 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 but the Bible says in 2nd Timothy chapter 2 verse 22 it says flee youthful us and run the race with those who call upon the name of the Lord out of pure heart God says this race is not by yourself you're not running by yourself with those meaning surround donkey had Peter and John it had some some two disciples walking beside it because Peter and John has been with Jesus longer than the donkey that doesn't mean Peter and John or I'm just using their names I don't know if it's Peter and John but let's just say Peter and John I'm not saying that they know everything they've had their moments of weaknesses but they when they walk with the donkey they have a chance to bring this donkey closer to Jesus every person in your life is an elevator they either take you up or they take you down they either bring you closer to Christ or they're bringing you further from Jesus Christ I know this is Sunday school lesson and I know for some of you maybe this is not deep enough but please understand your crowd creates a cloud over your life Hebrews chapter 12 it says before we run the race we have to be surrounded we sing the song I'm surrounded I'm surrounded by you that's good but who surrounds your life from your friends because this surrounding we're surrounded by the cloud before we go running author of Hebrews says make sure you have people on your side and the bleachers that are cheering you on that are witnesses be surrounded by this crowd why because they create a cloud and influence that motivates you challenges you don't be deceived my brethren bad company corrupts good morals Paul says that discipleship is so important for those of us discipling can I give a word of advice to our fellow disciple makers don't dominate discipleship is not domination don't beat the donkey walk beside it sometimes we're like Balaam we sit on it and we beat it God didn't call me to be a Lord over anybody's life the only thing God wants me to control is myself and usually when you lose control of self you want to control everybody else 
the gift of the spirit and the fruit of the spirit is not other control it's self-control and when you start controlling yourself you realize you don't have much control for other people you're busy controlling yourself so get off of that donkey let people live their life you're not their savior you're not their spirit and you're not their holy ghost come on somebody and if they misbehave you lead them through but you don't beat them let God take care of them can somebody say amen we see deliverance leads to discipleship let's take one more step further after discipleship disciples of Jesus they bring this donkey they present this donkey and there, there is one more insight there is instead of sitting on the donkey they took some garments and they they put it over the donkey's back why so when Jesus would sit on it it's comfortable so instead of sitting on people let your example make it easier for Jesus to use them I believe your example my example as a leader puts a cloth over their life and allows Jesus to rest on them more comfortably give him your example maybe give him some clothes as well <laughs> that's not bad give him something but we're not to lord over people we are to leave our example on them and our influence and our love and then when Jesus sat on the donkey he says mm, feels comfortable why because Peter's jacket is there John's jacket is there the rest of the disciples jacket is there the more positive examples people have easier it is for Jesus to Lord over their life are you with me and we see that Jesus comes now to the donkey and Jesus doesn't say well disciples I'm taking over he gets on the donkey and he sits upon this donkey there is three levels of knowing the Holy Spirit the first one is when the Holy Spirit is with you He's with everybody who doesn't know Jesus, to lead him to Jesus. The second one is the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. He comes to live in you to develop a good character inside of you. And there is a third experience and this is this experience that I want to show it to us today is the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Somebody say with, in and upon. Jesus says that the Spirit of God will come upon you and you will be you'll receive power and be my witnesses Holy Spirit upon you what does that look like it's surrender giving control letting him be the Lord of your life having the Holy Spirit be the boss of your life not just living inside of me to give me comfort but he becomes my Lord he sits on me when he sits on you he's not heavy he's very light what you lose is control you surrender when you surrender he now begins to guide your life write this down when the Holy Spirit is the Lord of your life he will use you if you are the Lord of your life you will use him people use God because they are God in their life but if you want to be used by God you got to give him the place I almost feel like Jesus set the donkey free through disciples so he can have the donkey all to himself and so he can be now in charge of the donkey I think real freedom is not when God removes the devil it's when God replaces him I remember reading in Exodus Moses comes to, to Pharaoh and at first when I was younger I used to think that Moses was lying you know how sometimes you want to get something from someone and you you kind of change the real reason of why you want to get it and when Moses comes to Pharaoh he says Pharaoh let my people go so they can serve me come on I'm like I read the rest of the book I know why they, God wanted to let them go so they can go to get the promised land that's why God wanted to set them free but I don't think so if God mentioned it I think 18 or 19 times in a period of seven or eight chapters in Exodus so they can serve me so they can worship me they can serve me they can worship me I don't think God was lying 
I think God wanted to deliver Israel from Egypt so that they could treat him at least to that degree that they've been treating Pharaoh. God in fact was saying, Pharaoh, I want you to let him go because you're a monster. I am their master. You terrorize them but I would bless them and I want them to serve me. They are your slaves. I want them to be my sons. I want them to be my servants. And Pharaoh kept you know saying no, no. And then when God crushed the hand of Pharaoh, Israelites thought that God is delivering them because they've been through so much. God is delivering them because they are such a bad victims. In reality, God was delivering them so he can be their God. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, that is freedom. It doesn't say where this evil spirit is gone, that is freedom. In fact, real freedom is not absence of the devil. It's when God takes the place of the devil. But because the devil hurts us, we are eager to get him out. We seek help to get him out. And when we get him out, we don't want to put God there. We don't want to give God the same place we gave the devil. We want to put ourselves there. Praise God, I don't have to spend 600 bucks on weed a month. I sure am not going to tithe. What if you will continue do what you did with drugs, just with a different substance to a different master? God didn't set you free so you can be available to you. God set you free so he can have you. He saw how faithful you were to things that destroying you. He's like I can imagine how faithful he will be to me when I start blessing him. And the moment God got rid of the devil he saw that you turn inward and you ran from him. Instead of giving him to sit on you, you are wanting to sit on God. It's like God I got some plans when I, when I was there. I developed some plans. You can really help me out here. You know if you change seats on the bus, it didn't change where your bus is going. Being delivered from Satan so you can be bound by selfishness, you're in a still same bus. When you switch the bus and switching the bus is this, God gets control. He sits on me and he does what he wants. When I was in sin, I didn't do what I wanted. And when I am in Christ, it's the same thing. The difference is this, is that now I am more alive because He created me and He reigns over me. You will never be genuinely free until God takes the place your sin used to have. That's it. Kiss freedom goodbye. If you don't give God the right to sit on you, at least to the degree your addiction had. If you don't love God with at least that passion, that you loved your sin, you're not going to be free. You're going to be bound by yourself and that's worse bondage than any other. Some of you in fact here, if you give God a promise, I feel this in my spirit, that you will serve God the way you serve your sin, He will set you free this morning. I just feel like many of us, we use God to get out of problems, but not out of Sodom. Kind of like Lot. He got in trouble. Abraham, hook me up. Hook the brother up. Abraham went, rescued Lot. Only for Lot to go back to Sodom. It's kind of like if you have a light on the dashboard and you go to the mechanic, instead of solving the problem, you say, hey, could you remove their light bulb? I really don't like the Christmas lights. It's not Christmas yet. The problem is not with the light. The light is signifying the deeper problem. But many times the deeper problem is the root of that is selfishness. And God wants to pull that out and says, I want to sit on you. But God, that means I'm not going to have a life. You already don't have one. You should have thought about that before you gave your life to sin. You're either going to have God or you're going to have sin. Adam stretched his hand and said, my will be done. Guess what it led us to? To destruction. But Jesus stretched his hand on the cross and said, Thy will be done. It brought us healing. You're not going to live really for yourself. You can take the train off of the train tracks and it's free to do what it wants. You know where the train is going to go? Nowhere. The dog April ran out from the yard. It was free, but it was a target. I want to tell you something. The safest place is surrender to Jesus. The safest place is to give Jesus the Lordship of your life. 
He is tired of being your insurance card. He's definitely tired of being in the trunk as spare tire. He says, I want to sit on you. I want to rest on you. I want to come upon you. There is power that comes from that. There is healing that comes from that. Oh, but I'm not going to be able to do what I want. When you discover His will, it's way better than yours. My thoughts are higher than yours, says the Lord. My ways are better than yours, says the Lord. But that cannot happen as long as you're controlling the steering wheel. Get behind the behind seat and give Him the driver's seat. Let Him sit on you. Let Him rest on you. He's not heavy. His burden is light and His yoke is easy. He's not there to squeeze, to torment. I came to give life and life more abundantly. He has no religion in His pockets to give you. He's not a religious God. He's the maker of heaven and the earth. He's the one, your wildest dreams and fantasies, things that fry your brain cells. He says, I made them. He is God. When He sat on that donkey, something changed about the donkey because the Bible says nobody ever sat on that donkey which means it wasn't trained it wasn't broken but the presence of Jesus broke everything that needed to be broken and nicely this donkey carried Jesus into the city if you want to be used by God get filled with God to the capacity as something happens Nazareth can I borrow you Grab this coffee. Jacob or uh, Marvin. When you, this is empty. This is full. I can't show it to you. Because when it's full, you don't have to show it. It's full. If they walk both, I want you to walk as fast as you can to the back. Don't spill it on the lady over there in the wheelchair. And then come back here well as fast as you can <laughs> I want you to notice two things the one who had it full kept his eyes on the cup the one who had it empty kept his eyes on people When the Holy Spirit rests upon you, you're conscious of Him. Everywhere you go, you carry consciousness of Him. And this is what happens when you're conscious of Him. You're carrying Him into your work, into your school and into your area. Jesus didn't go into Jerusalem. He got carried into Jerusalem. When a donkey had Jesus sit on it, the donkey was only conscious of carrying Jesus and Jesus did the rest of the work. The city was moved. God wants to influence your work. God wants to influence your school. God wants to influence your family. And your goal is not to try to shove Jesus. Carry Him. Rest in Him. And get full of Him. Because whatever you're full of, you're conscious of. And whatever you're conscious of, your eyes are on that. He begins to give you insights. You walk into a room, you become conscious of sick people. You become conscious of hurting people. You become conscious, there's stuff the Holy Spirit will use you. Some people always say, how can I hear God? Don't focus on hearing God. Focus on being filled with Him. Because whatever you're filled with, you're conscious of. And whatever you're conscious, begins to come out of you. Come on somebody, are you with me? Is anybody in this room? The Bible says, Jesus walks into the synagogue and he saw, sees a man with a withered hand. How come he notices the sick people? Jesus says you stand in front of kings. Don't worry what you're gonna say. Why? Because the spirit in you, he will tell you what to say. Some of you say, I don't know a lot of Bible. I can't witness to people. Um, you know how you witness to people? How many of you you need to witness to people? Carry the Holy Spirit everywhere you go and the Spirit of God is going to guide your lips. He's gonna guide you. He's gonna help you to notice certain people because Holy Spirit can't go into those places. You can carry Him into those places but the way you carry Him is you let Him rest on you. Let Him fill you. You become conscious of Him. Many of us this is how we have the Holy Spirit. What we watch we're not conscious. What we listen to we're not conscious. Why? We got Him. He's just not resting. We're just not full of Him. We're full of other stuff. That's why we can do all the things that our Christians people can do and still say, I got the Holy Ghost. 
and you say why am I not mindful of needs of people why am I not hearing God in my workplace other people pray for the sick and I'm not mindful why because you don't care when it's empty get full oh you'll change how you walk into your workplace it'll be same people it'll be same boss same work but something about you changes why because you're conscious of that which you're filled with and once you're conscious you begin to start hearing voices good voices promptings love you start feeling this for no reason this pain in your heart for somebody whereas before you judged them now you're hurting you come in and your elbow wasn't hurting for some reason it's hurting and nobody taught you but you're looking at the person and you have this sense of knowing you can't explain it that that person has an elbow problem and you're not religious or anything you come up and say is everything okay with your elbow no I actually injured it yesterday you know what? can I pray for you and the glory of God shows up it's so simple your goal is not to shove Jesus carry Jesus be full of Jesus because whatever you're full with you're conscious of and whatever you're conscious of you're led by the donkey only carried Jesus into the city and the city was moved Hosanna to the son of David I'm asking you right now are you like this <sighs> hey but I got hungry Jen logo Vlad, but I speak in tongues. Baramazda, Shara Varahanda. Vlad, Fashion Java gave me a prophecy. Yes, I'm going to be a millionaire. A husband is coming. The reason why you watch anything you can watch and you have no conviction is for the same reason Marvin walked back and forth and he did not look at the cup because it's empty. Some of us lock the Holy Spirit in a safe of our religious preferences. He wants to ride on you. Sit on me, O Holy Spirit. Rest on me, O Holy Spirit. I feel a tangible presence of the Holy Spirit in this room right now. I feel like He's like coming down. And some of you, you've been empty for this and He wants to fill you with Himself. He wants to fill you with Himself. He will, and when he fills you you become conscious of him and then you become conscious of the lost people I'm not saying that you'll save people but you will sow seeds I'm not saying you'll win the arguments but you're gonna be a witness you're not gonna try to judge you will love are you with me hold him tight <laughs> and then just drink him <laughs> okay you don't have to drink him right now. you can put it put it back Nas. If you're saying Vlad I feel like that cup I want the Holy Spirit to rest in me right now I want the Holy Spirit to fill me right now I want you to begin to stand to your feet thanks for listening to this week's message from hungry generation stay connected with us on Facebook Instagram Twitter and snapchat by using at hungry gen stay blessed and we'll see you next week